The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Welcome to the 365 Message Center Show. I'm Daniel. That, no, that is Daryl. I was pointing in the wrong direction for those watching the video. Um, we're, we're back. Love to uh, have all those in, in the chat room. Love, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And today we have a special guest, even. So today's going to be a great show. Daryl, how are you, sir? Uh, well, judging on the, the dad jokes, I'm back after a break with a bit too much energy. Yes, maybe yeah. so. Some of those in the chat room are enjoying uh, the dad jokes. Oh, maybe. yeah. Apparently, apparently we um, excel at them. <laughs> That's oh, a wonderful. Come on, Sandy. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. So we this is episode what 251. Make sure everyone that is watching make sh- and those that are listening on the audio podcast, make sure you give this episode a like a nice thumbs up. So everyone can find this episode. Make sure you're following us on socials 365 MCS everywhere on Twitter and Insta and TikTok and Facebook and LinkedIn anymore. I think I think that covers. Oh, I think that covers it all. a lot of them. It does. Yes. What, what, one other thing we want to share too, and we'll share it a, a bit later on to remind you, mm-hmm. we're moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to another YouTube channel. Um, so we would like you to to go to this address and, and give us a follow. It's not playing live there right now, but um, another dad joke there. It is our new tube. It is our new channel. Um, mm-hmm. But we are looking to stand up a. A separate channel and uh, hopefully drive some more engagement there. So feel free to yeah, that's, follow us there. For those on audio, that's 365mcs.com slash new tube. And we'd love to uh, see you there. Um, and we'll be switching over to that channel shortly and then in the few coming weeks here. So yeah, about just a month, give us I a think. follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is good change yeah. management, Dan, where we're right. creating awareness early mm-hmm. and then people will, you know, and then we'll just repeat that message, kind of like our our next visitor, Greg. That's right. Um, talk about talk about awareness and trying to get people aware of things coming. Yeah. So let's 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 bring on Greg and let Greg uh, introduce himself. Hello, Greg, and please introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do at Microsoft and uh, and say hello. Certainly, all thanks for having me on and uh, and great segue as well about the letting people know what's going on. So I. I'm a program manager, product manager, sorry, at Microsoft. Uh, I've been at Microsoft nearly 20 years. And I uh, work in Exchange, always have done. That's all I really know. And my current uh, work is focused around securing our customers' data and identities. And I'm doing that by turning off basic auth in Exchange Online for uh, a number of protocols to try and help protect our customers. Important job. Yes. Very important, and and it is um, something that we had have seen in the message center a little bit back, um, maybe last year as well as this year uh, in May. There was an announcement about yep. basic authentication deprecation. Uh, so um, maybe you can kind of tell us what's going on there, and you know what. Um, uh, admins and such can be looking for uh, in their message center to make sure that they're aware of all the changes. Absolutely. So we actually started in 2019. So we put out the first post in September 2019. I know I put it out there. 
and said we were going to turn off basic auth a year later. Well, it's nearly three years later. Um, and I'll <laughs> say, and this time we really mean it, right? And and we genuinely do. So last year we, we announced everyone had one year to go. We did that uh, in September, October last year. All of these are accompanied with message center posts. I've done a number since, and in May was the last sort of broad message which said 150 days from today, you know, we start turning off basic all for the customers still using it. And there's a bunch of links in there around, you know, stuff you can do. The the real question most customers have is, well, how do I know if I'm using basic all and how, how is this going to impact me? Mm. So you can also find the answer to that in the message center. If this is going to impact you because since October last year, we've been sending the mother of all mail merges, right? Using message center. So we use the message center API as it happens to merge in per tenant usage of basic auth for every tenant. So every month we send a message example here is we sent this in the first week of August, the tenants usage highlighting their usage for the month of July. And we show, you know, how many people are using active sync, how many people are using out for windows, um, to give an indication that there is still basic auth usage in the tenant. And if you're getting these messages, you are using basic auth for exchange online. And if you are come October, you will be impacted. Um, not just users, this could be line of business apps. So I talk to customers all the time who are using. Cisco Unity or um, Polycom devices or, you know, Salesforce or, or other applications that are using POP or IMAP or Exchange Web Services and basic all. And when we turn it off, which we're going to do in a matter of weeks from now, those customers will lose access to Exchange Mail Calendar. So mm. it's pretty impactful. Um, and you know, there's a number of things you can do, right? So first of all is I'll just sort of say that first is find out what this usage is and Azure AD sign in reports as linked in the message center posts is the right place to go. Go look in Azure AD sign in reports that will tell you who's using basic auth, what IP address they're coming from, which account, hopefully give you some client detail as well. And then figure out are these devices that need to be updated applications that need to be upgraded or replaced. Um, find out where the traffic is coming from and start knocking them off one by one so that when we come to turn things off, it's a non-event. Greg, um, in that message, uh, you said that there's a few things uh, that are linked um, yep. and we'll take you through to those reports. Maybe you could just highlight what, where that is on yep. the message because it's really good to be able to you know, identify that yes, and see it. Like, uh, I think there's a bit of chatter going in the chat room there that I don't see the message. Well, that's because you're not using basic auth, but if you're getting that message, you need to do something about it. Right. If you're getting this message with the monthly usage report title, right, then that is, that is a sign you've got basic auth usage. If you're not getting that at all, we don't think you're using basic auth. And if and you've got security defaults enabled in your tenant, for example, you're not using basic auth. Um, if you set up authentication policies or condition access policies to block legacy auth, then hopefully you are not using basic auth. So the presence or absence of this message in itself is pretty telling. If you're getting this message, you can actually just search for the word basic, right, in, in message center and it will, it will highlight the messages. Um, and then in here, as I said, there are, there are 
some links in here. There are some read more links up at the top about what it is we're doing. Here are a link to our uh, the, the main docs page that talks about what we're doing and when we're doing it and which protocols will be impacted uh, together then with the summary of usage. And there is no, I'll just quickly say, there's no easy button here, mm. right? You know, because usage could be a client app, it could be iPhone still using basic auth, uh, Android's using basic auth. Quickest solution there usually is if the phone is up to date, remove the account from the device and add it back. Or it could be, and this is the, the more worrying bit, line of business apps. You know, I've got this really important application that processes sales and purchase orders and everything for my uh, company, and it's using IMAP and basic auth to check a mailbox. Mm. It will stop working. So, yeah. and this and that, could include fax machines too, and and various different devices that might use basic auth. It might. So, uh, one clarification I'll point out is SMTP auth. So, SMTP, which is for sending mail, versus POP and IMAP, which are for receiving mail. SMTP, we're not touching. So, if you've got a, a scanner or a fax or something that sends mail using basic auth, you can keep using that. Now, arguably, that's not necessarily a great idea because basic auth is the number one way our customers get compromised, right? Um, and I talk to customers, when I, I, I talk to a lot of customers about their usage, and I can highlight where I think they've been compromised, right? And, and unfortunately, it's too common. So, and that's why we're doing this. But if you're sending mail out and you want to keep using basic auth, you can do that. It's mainly incoming mail for Pop and IMAP, Active Sync, meaning mobile devices, and then Outlook itself, right? Outlook for Windows and Outlook for Mac, if using basic auth, are going to get cut off. Mm. And then web services, which is the other biggie, which is a bunch of applications that are integrated to Exchange using Exchange web services and basic auth. They have credentials stored in the code. And every time they authenticate, they send those credentials to us. And, and I'll say with all of these protocols that we're turning off basic auth for, they all support OAuth. I mean, they all have full OAuth support. The yeah. question is whether the application itself chooses OAuth or basic auth. And if it's choosing yeah. basic auth, it's going to get cut off. That makes sense. And I, I think the, um, you know, awareness here, uh, you're doing a great job, you know, uh, giving that announcement every month. It, People need to be paying attention to this. Even those in the chat room um, are saying, yes, I've seen it. We're trying and um, you need to try a little bit harder because you have a little bit more than a month here um, to get things fixed uh, for those mobile devices and, and other accounts. So um, really appreciate you, Greg, coming on today uh, and sharing with us. And we will um, be pushing this and we'll be on the socials pushing this as well. Pay attention to your messages in Message Center, people. Um, and if you see this every month, that means you have uh, a problem coming October 1st if you don't deal with it now. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Greg, for being thank here. You. Really appreciate it. And all the best with uh, hitting that deadline and helping customers right. to, to reach it too. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Important message. Very important. Very much so. Very much you know, so. The very reason why we try and create awareness of, of reading messages in the message center. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Well, um, moving on with uh, mm -hmm. the rest of our messages for the week, uh, we have a few to work through. What's our first do, one? It's on PDFs. It is indeed. So this one is 
um, about converting. Uh, and it's really nice. I think uh, it's for Microsoft Forms. This is convert Word PDF form or quiz to Microsoft Forms, MC411678. Um, this one is, it, I looked at this title and I'm like, oh yes, this is amazing. I like automation. I like taking existing things, paper forms and converting them into digital. And that's exactly what this is, is a, a form uh, that you may have on, uh, maybe it's in a Word document or a PDF that is in some file share or something that people have to use and you want to convert that to a Microsoft form, you can do so. Um, if you have a quiz, you can convert that to a quiz in Microsoft Forms. Now, uh, this is rolling out um, now, um, and uh, you may already have it in your tenant. The big thing here I found for this message is it's severely lacking details, severely lacking information about what it's going to look like. Mm. Now that it is in tenants, you can go ahead and see what it is. But this was, you know, when it wasn't in tenants yet, uh, it was hard to really to understand what's going on. So I gave it a thumbs down and said, hey, I need more information. You don't necessarily need to do that, people, because you can go ahead and look at it now. But uh, there's a uh, import when you go to um, the uh, forms uh, site, you there's gonna there's an import button and you're gonna click that and and go through the process of uploading from your device. Um, now there's some su suggestions there, making sure you know there's spacing and all that. But um, my suggestion, uh, test this out. Um, you know you don't you don't have to share what you're doing. You can test it out in your own Microsoft Forms. Just get in there and, and test this out. See if you convert those forms and quizzes uh to a form makes well, sense it, yeah definitely and it's a good start like you're always going to have to massage and change something if you're importing it sure. and don't expect it to to come out with a, a perfectly groomed form ready to use and ready to send to thousands <laughs> indeed cool um, so next up is uh transcriptions now sometimes people need transcription for me to understand what I'm saying. So this is probably pretty helpful for, for it to be auto turned on, right? Definitely, Daniel. <laughs> um, I actually find uh, uh, sometimes uh, uh, this feature doesn't do great with New Zealand accents. And maybe it's just because I'm lazy with my speech. But uh, this message M MC414474 is about turning on transcription automatically. Uh, if you have uh, ever used the feature to as a meeting organizer, maybe you want to make sure the meeting is recorded, but you're not necessarily going to be there. Uh, or it could be that it's going to be a really busy meeting and you don't want to forget to hit record. You want to capture everything. Um, now, first of all, let people know that that's the case. Uh, and they will. They'll get a little message to say that, that this meeting has been recorded. But what was missing for some time was also enabling transcription. And so this is now going to be part of the same uh, feature set. So if you've turned that auto recording on and people join the meeting, it'll start recording. It'll also start the transcription too. Um, so that is uh, going to be GA late August. So that is uh, now-ish uh, and expected to be complete in mid-September. And for government clouds, we'll begin rolling out in mid-September and expect to be complete in mid-October. Um, yeah, not, not much more to say, uh, just mm -hmm. that, um, 
at least you'll have the transcription there. I like it. I mean, make thing, make meetings more accessible, uh, make the conversation more access, accessible. Love it. Yeah. Daniel, uh, we want to switch over to some good news there on SharePoint and uh, some changes to web parts. Yeah, and this one, this message, everyone, get prepared. Um, hold on to your seats because it includes the word periwinkle. Oh. Improvements to SharePoint pages authoring. New and updated web parts. MC414799. This is a roll it out targeted release customers mid-August, so now-ish, um, and to all customers by late September. So we have some new web parts, indeed. One is a new assignments web part, and this is for education customers only that are using the Teams assignments. Um, then they're going to have a new web part. Uh, I think it's brilliant. So you can use this web part to showcase um, all of the assignments that uh, someone has uh, across your classes, and so uh, we know that sharing uh, rolling up content, and this is exactly what this web part is going to do: is going to roll up those assignments that you have across those sites. Now, for uh, group calendar updates, there's going to be uh, some differences a little bit on the web part with an indicator on that a meeting is reoccurring and, and as also the ability on that group calendar web part in SharePoint to be able to join um, the Teams meeting straight from the web part. So huh. uh, some visual updates there. Um, I'm loving the visual, but also the functional updates on that one. Um, the next one is the quick links. I think there's, I saw a post or a tweet. I can't remember this past week. Someone said there was, I don't know, hundreds of ways to show the quick links web part. I don't know. Uh, but it is a very versatile, uh, web part. Um, and now we're going to be able to change the, uh, layout options for the quick links web part on the page itself and not just in the settings pane. So we're going to be able to, it's going to be easier to do that. And then the last web part change here is if you're using the compact layout on the highlighted content web part. Now a highlighted content web part is super powerful as well. Love this web part to bring in content and, and showing it using the graph. Um, so highlighted uh, content web part, um, if you're moving it and changing it to a uh, two column section and you're but you're using the compact layout it's going to keep that it's going to keep that layout so pretty awesome now here comes the word everyone was waiting for on this one is periwinkle so we have a new site theme in sharepoint for our sharepoint sites it's the periwinkle uh, site theme so basically what this is is it's going to make it look good in contrast to or in conjunction with i guess teams when viewing sharepoint sites in teams this periwinkle um, the colors will look great um, so that's the update and yes periwinkle periwinkle um, the the same as the periberry which is similar to the team's purple is that what it is it so periwinkle is indeed a similar color uh to what teams is and and it's actually live now i've got it on my site so um and uh, when you go to change the look and you go to theme, um, it's going to be at uh, mixed in with your SharePoint themes. You may have some co company themes that you have installed and then SharePoint themes. And then in there is Periwinkle. And it's it's that blurple or whatever. It looks very, 
very uh, similar, that purple color that we see in Teams. It's just a pity we didn't see some of these things as screenshots in the message again. It would be nice. Yes. Yeah. Would yeah. be wonderful. So good. anyway, uh, moving along, I we have talked about this on the show, I think, several times. And I have had many conversations, in fact, in during presentations about um, Viva and everything. Oh, it's it's about these daily briefing emails. You mean those emails that we delete? That's what I hear. <laughs> um, so wouldn't it be great if they were improved? Well, definitely, Daniel. Uh, and that is the case. You'll be able to customize it a little. So this update, MC414-800, is going to introduce, um, first of all, uh, that you can in some way prioritize what is within the message. If there's a, a certain thing within the message that, that really is not useful to you, you can snooze it uh, or you can favorite something to make it um, higher in the list. So um, let's just get down to those details before we talk about delivery dates. Uh, within, a, within the email itself, uh, you will have a couple of new buttons and you can um, signal whether you want to favorite that particular item in the, the briefing email or snooze it. Um, so you've got the heart shape there for favorite or yeah, favorite and then snooze is the um, well, it's not really snooze, is it? I would, I would probably use an alarm clock, but it's, it's almost like I don't want to see it um, align through an eyeball. Um, so that, that's where you can set it within the email message. Uh, if you also go to uh, Viva and uh, Viva Insights and take a look at the daily briefing uh, settings, then you can go through and favorite and snooze certain items using a checklist. Now, interesting, Daniel, it's it's a snooze. It's not, I don't want to see this anymore. It is snooze it for 14 days. So some of those categories, and tell me if some of these are useful to you, um, Daniel. Catch up with your team. Okay. So that's a, a like a networking thing. You're losing touch with a certain team member or person that you usually mm -hmm. connect with. Uh, headspace. Um, so a reminder to, to take a break or uh, to set some headspace time, focus time, um, meetings, mm -hmm. so meetings that are coming up, and commitments and follow-ups. What, what, okay, do you find this briefing email useful and which one would you like to favorite? Um, I do find it useful. I think there's, here's the thing. I think for a lot of people, um, the the question is are they using it within their organization mm. and that if they're not if if more people are not using it then it's not helpful as well as if they haven't been educated on what in the world is it mm -hmm. right if they haven't been educated that these are the things that we as an organization are going to use um then it's they may not you know um uh, pay attention to focus time or pay attention to uh, making sure that um, that the um, that uh, they're keeping up with their mm. colleagues, right? And I think it's very important. Some of those are very important for me. Um, you know, keeping up with colleagues, making sure you know, because I, I get focused on my work, focused on what meetings do I have, what what th deliverables do I need to give out, um, you know, all of this kind of thing. 
making sure we're still connecting with each other and still keeping up to date with what's going on around us, having some spatial awareness in the organization of what in the world's going around me and what people are doing. Um, so I, I like, I actually do like that. It's just a, um, you're just kind of muting it for a couple of weeks. Um, see if you like it. And, but there really is some value there for organizations that might, uh, want to use this and have focus on this in the future. Hmm. Yeah, okay. it's a, it's a nudge, isn't it? it? It's letting you know. And these are all driven out of the insights service. So they're the suggestions and things that will help you remain connected, carve out time to focus on work, um, nudge you about your meetings, or even just detect certain language in your messages to say you committed to doing uh, completing a task for someone. So I, I find most of those useful. I, I don't use the headspace thing so much, but good to see that. The second part of this message is uh, confirming when your working hours versus your time zone are so that they know when to best deliver this. And that was an interesting recognition of that there are a lot more people now that are um, not necessarily working their work hours within their time zone. They might start their day early because they are part of a team, which is a couple of hours ahead. And like you would know this, Daniel, you know, running a team where it's across the states that maybe some of your team members might start um, maybe an hour earlier to connect with Eastern time or, or the like. Uh, so good to be able to confirm these sorts of settings within the email. Uh, that is going to be arriving look they've broken it down into two different features um targeted release for favorite and snooze is early october completed late october standard release um late october mid-november time zone cards uh august uh mid-august so you should start seeing that in an email to confirm and completed early september and standard release early september late october moving along we've got Oh, this is an interesting one about Microsoft Dataverse. Indeed it is. This is uh, announcement of automatic deletion. Oh, that's now, now we got people paying attention. <laughs> announcement of automatic deletion of inactive Microsoft Dataverse for Teams environments. MC415083. This is um, a a announcement that Microsoft is saying, hey, we're going to deactivate and then we're going to delete uh, Dataverse for Teams environments that are not being used. So um, the criteria that will be used here will be uh, determined in, in the message it shows, the first is no user logged into the instance. Now, <clears throat> what are the timings? It is 90 days. So if for 90 days, no user has logged into the instance, or no apps, bots, reports, or flows, those are Power Automate flows, have accessed the data, and no new apps or bots, app, uh, reports, or flows were installed into that instance. So none of that activity has happened in 90 days, then the environment will be disabled. Then after 30 days, if it hasn't been re-enabled, um, then it will be permanently deleted. So you can act, reactivate and re-enabled uh, during that 30-day period, but after that 30 days, it's gone. Um, so this is really important to pay attention to. Now, Daryl, I, I really think this is um, a focus on 
people using a service that is free for them, you know, getting started, people have fired these things up, especially around, you know, when it was announced, you know, mm-hmm. hey, you can do these cool things uh, with Dataverse and storing your your data and your entities in and use it in Teams, but, um, you know, maybe not using it anymore. And so Microsoft is cleaning up. Um, does that sound what you, that's what it seems to me. Definitely. You know, what's going on uh, here. With, yeah. with these freemium services, it's great that people can get in and use it. Um, but there's always a cost involved with anything that's set up and offered in Microsoft 365. Yes. Uh, so um, d- data services, if they're just sitting there and they're consuming a whole lot of resources, then this would be right. Uh, why there's a tidy up. Now, maybe there's some feedback you might want to give about the period of time and warning. But I think 90 days is good. It's just that um, as long as people are getting these warnings via good notifications and taking notice, and I think that's the tricky part. Today, we're swamped with messages. And to Greg Taylor's point that we spoke to earlier, um, people are missing important things, and they've just got to slow down and uh, take notice of some of these Indeed. things. Indeed. Yeah. Very much so. Um, you know, so there's a lot of aspects to this. It's making sure people are aware of it in your organization that, you know, we're aware of Dataverse for teams to begin with, but then also support. Uh, you know, if people say, oh, I went back to my thing that I only use every four months or whatever, and um, it was disabled, how do they get it re-enabled? So there's a lot of action you need to take here uh, moving forward. And before we get to our last um, item, I want to make sure that we remind people to go and subscribe to our new channel. We'll be moving to a new channel uh, here in the coming weeks. So make sure you go to our new channel that is easily accessed, accessed, <laughs> nice, accessible, uh, accessed. I'll put those two words together. Maybe I just made a new word. 365mcs.com slash newtube. That is 365mcs.com slash newtube. For those that are watching now or listening right now, go ahead and do it. You can do it in a new tab or on your phone. Just go in and click subscribe so that when we do switch, uh, you'll be continuing to get gain access um, to content. All right. Yeah. And these initial subscriptions definitely help us to get a certain tier so we can actually give the channel a name. <laughs> We're um, indeed. Yeah, that's important. Um, indeed. So people can find us. Cool. Uh, well, finishing off, Daniel, with um, a message about uh, navigation links. SharePoint. It's a small thing, a small thing, but yes, another SharePoint update uh, that navigation links can and will be able to be configured to open in a new tab. Ha! MC415902. Uh, I we're all about consistency on the show and sometimes look even when going to the waffle for the office 365 um app launcher uh sometimes you'll go to launch something and it opens in the same tab and you're like oh come on you're taking me away from the application i wanted same sort of thing by design and some of our internet navigations we want people to stay on the same page so we open up the, the link in a new tab so we'll have that option this is what it looks like, describing it to people on the podcast. Uh, and it will affect uh, global navigation, site navigation, and, and a, a number of different things for navigation. But we can choose a link or a label. This, of course, applies to a link. You've got your address. You've got the text that you want to display in your navigation. And now a new tick box to say open a new tab or not. So you'll have that option. 
click OK, no problems. Now, it's not going to affect uh, your current navigation. If you've got it set the way that you want it, um, which I guess is the only option, it'll open how it opens, <laughs> then, uh, it, yeah, it's only going to take effect if you tick this box. But good option. Daniel, do you think you'll find this useful in some of your intranets? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of those things that's like, why why didn't we have this? But so glad it is here. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, most certainly we'll be using that. Great. All right. Well, um, that really is the show and the the sum of messages. We're thankful for having Greg earlier to help us create awareness mm -hmm. of uh, quite an important update to get on top of. Uh, we're glad to be back with some more messages. We're also looking forward to what's coming um, and out of Ignite and, and various other things onto the roadmap. And yeah, do remember to follow us at um, 365MCS and all sorts of places. And also go over to our new channel and subscribe so we can mm -hmm. give ourselves a name. Indeed. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, bye for now. Bye-bye.